Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 212 uh, with our review of Oz the Great and Powerful. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, the Spoiler Warning is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases, television shows, and web series from the past week and beyond. Each week, you're going to get a couple of different episodes. You're going to get some reviews. This week, we reviewed Dead Man Down and Oz the Great and Powerful. You're going to get a trailer talk segment where we discuss some of the trailers that have hit the internet recently. And also, you'll get a What We've Been Watching segment where we discuss all the things we've been watching outside of the podcast. Carson, how you doing tonight? Uh, Oz, um... This is the uh, movie about uh, prison life, right? Yeah. Dudes in prison. Totally. That is that it. It. it, it this it, is the it right is. Oz, right? Well, I, I I may or may not have felt like I was in prison while I was sitting in the theater watching this movie. <laughs> so uh, what? Great and powerful. That refers to uh, you know prison uh, things that happen to you in prison. <laughs> yes, great and powerful. Pr- prison initiation, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Initiation, uh, is that what they call that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. That's in the... <laughs> Never mind. Oh, wait, this is the Disney movie. Okay. Yes, yes. This All is, right. This is the one that has other kinds of flying monkeys. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure I know what that means, but... Uh, other small men running around. But, yeah, this is this is the great and powerful uh, prequel to the the wonderful Wizard of Oz um so right yeah you know we're gonna have witches flying monkeys you know yellow brick roads uh little people um let's see what this else is, we this got. is like prometheus but it makes more sense i guess <laughs> uh it might make about as much sense actually uh maybe yeah i don't know i don't know we, we will get into that though this is this is a film that uh this was like the highest grossing film this weekend, right? Uh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, not that it had much to come out against, or <clears throat> that it was. No, it didn't have much competition. Weeks. But uh, yeah, this is what everybody in America is seeing. So obviously, I mean, it's definitely the biggest release so far this year. I'd say, yeah. I guess the in terms of budget and uh, you know all the marketing that was behind it. Yeah, and they, they they've been pushing it pretty hard. Um, yeah, I I haven't been that excited, but um, even if it like even if this looked like a, a a spectacular, crazy, amazing prequel to the Wizard of Oz, like I'm not the biggest fan of the Wizard of Oz in that I haven't really watched the entire thing from beginning to end in one sitting ever. Um, so this isn't a film that I've necessarily been looking forward to at all, um, but it's one that I know that there are groups of people out there who have been at least excitedly curious to. I, I like the concept in the film of, you know, there being this guy who is a magician who has to pretend like he's a wizard. Um, that that premise sounded kind of interesting to me, but beyond that, I was nothing more than curious about this film. You're Oz curious. <laughs> Yes, I was, I was curious. Um, <laughs> what, what about you? I mean, I I can't imagine you were that excited for this. I film. was not really excited to see. The only reason why I was excited to see this movie is because of Sam Raimi. Gotcha. And um, I mean, I like The Wizard of Oz. It's a obviously classic movie, but uh, I was kind of like, why do we need to see a prequel to it? Yeah. 
But you know, why do we need to see a prequel to most things out there? I mean, I, that I, that's true. Yeah, I think as far as things that that could have dealt with uh, a prequel, I mean, you referenced Prometheus a moment ago. Uh, I think Pr- Prometheus had the potential to be a really awesome prequel. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was a little misguided in its direction. Not no, not necessarily direction, but just in its writing and execution. <laughs> um, yeah. But it could have could have gone a lot worse. I mean, in terms of in terms of prequels, I mean, there, there's always the it, it's always the thing about prequels is that you're always going to run into the problem of like, you know, the mystery, the mystery is gone. Like you're taking that away when you, you know, explore the terrain that happens before a movie yeah. that, you know, is either beloved or maybe known for being. You know, it's just sometimes when you watch movies, like, I don't really care where, you know, my favorite things come from. Yeah. But b- beyond that, it's, it's not just that, that, that the mystery is gone. It's that in, in, in the construction of a prequel, you have to arrive at a specific destination. So yeah. rather than coming up with things that could be super awesome, you spend most of your time trying to fit into. So, OK, by the end of this, you know, 90 minutes to whatever it's going to turn out to be, you have to have establish these things that we know exist already and put them in the correct sequence to allow them to persist in another film which has already been established so unless you're going to do you know like a a jj abrams star trek thing where you're just going to like rewrite history um you have to like mold things in a certain way to make sure that those events have happened previously once the film's done yeah, um, which it just just limits you from your uh, you know creative endeavors, but yeah, I'm sure we can get a little more into that in just a moment. Uh, what do you say we just take a look at the trailer for this film and let everybody know what we thought? Alrighty, Kansas is full of good men. I don't want to be a good man. I want to be a great one. shall be fulfilled. This is my sister, Evanora. I'm here to serve you. The royal treasure of Oz. It belongs to you, but only after you defeat the Wicked Witch. Just how wicked is she? Towns were destroyed. (laughs) Children were orphaned. Great wizard from Kansas. I've waited for you to come and set things right. Me? Did those crows just say we're gonna die? Your magic is the only thing strong enough to save us all. Please tell me you gentlemen can fight. No. Don't be saying. Guys, uh, take five. I might not actually be a wizard. Yes, but they don't. 
Alright, so Oz the Great and Powerful, we have this wonderful world that is called Oz, and it's all fantastical, and it was once ruled by this uh, cool wizard guy, but uh, he is no more, and it's currently under the reign of this evil witch person, but there's this prophecy that says that one day this new great powerful wizard will fall from the sky, and he will help defeat the evil witch and return Oz to its awesome time of peace and goodness. And uh, James Franco is this uh, little traveling circus magician back in Kansas and uh, escapes the circus in a hot air balloon, which gets sucked into a tornado and boom, falls into Oz. And what do you know it? This magic-y guy falls, just like the prophecy, into the world of Oz and everybody in Oz scoops him up and decides that he is this new grand wizard and that he has to be the one to defeat the evil witch and he has to figure out... Can he do that considering he's not actually a wizard? He is just a magician. Um, so, yeah, that's the setup for the story. And then, you know, it has to logically end in a certain place, uh, as we kind of talked about at the beginning of this film. So, Carson, what would you think of this film? Um, I would rather watch Spider-Man 3 again. Uh, <laughs> I think... Disney is uh, two for two on these March big budget releases in terms of stinkers. So we got John Carter last March. Now we got Oz this March. And uh, yeah, man, I was not feeling this movie. Uh, I love Sam Raimi. I think that his his style is briefly, it appears in flourishes in this film. But I hope he got a nice paycheck, and I hope he can do something that he really wants to do after the fact, because uh, I'm sure this movie will make a lot of money. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a really bad movie. Like it's first of all, it's so so long and slow. Like it is the most sluggishly paced movie uh, that I've seen this year. It's it's it. it, it it goes on, it seems like, for hours and hours and hours. And um, it is, uh, it's unfortunate because because no one in the cast is bringing any sort of energy to the film. Uh, I don't know why it's so deathly serious. Like, this this movie needed some Spider-Man 3 campiness. <laughs> this needed some, this needed some, like, what the effery going on. Uh, especially in a movie called an Oz movie, like where everything is fantastical and crazy, and you know, uh, it, it's funny because like the the tones of Oz and I think Spider Man Three, I, I feel like they should have switched places, and then we would have gotten, then we would have been cooking, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I truly felt like this movie was entirely miscast, as, as save for maybe like Michelle Williams was adequate in her role. Yeah. But uh, James Franco, I mean, I like the guy. I just don't think he was right for this part. Like, they needed someone to be very charismatic and charming, and uh, he wasn't bringing it in this. And it's interesting because I found out on IMDb Trivia 
that Sam Raimi's first choice for the role was Robert Downey Jr., um, who d- turned it down. But I was like, that's the kind of guy that they needed for the role. Yeah. Like they needed a Robert Downey Jr. They needed like a Ryan Gosling or uh, someone like that who has the star power and also has the the chops to you know be this like charismatic uh, winning guy like that you want to root for uh, because that's that's who Oz is supposed to be and or at least he's portrayed the this that way in this film. And, uh, you know, I never got that sense from Franco's performance. Well, like, like and for, for, first sorry, of all, go ahead. Like, first of all, I, I would say that uh, obviously, like, Robert Downey Jr. was smart to turn this film down. But had, had <laughs> yeah, he yeah. been in the role, it would have been pretty awesome to see what but he would do with it. They also said Christoph Waltz was in consideration. Now, that would have been amazing. That would have been pretty gnarly. But I will say, though, like, from, from kind of how I read from it, like, Regardless of who Oz was supposed to be, I think that Franco, not not to compliment him at all or say his job was well done, but I think, you know, like the roles that Keanu Reeves plays, it it makes sense why he acts that way because the the character that he's playing is supposed to be that way. Yeah. Um, I felt kind of like Franco was like this this just like not charismatic and not particularly talented or interesting or anything kind of magician guy um, who was thrown into a role where he was supposed to and he was just barely even flying by by the seat of his pants. Like I, I kind of felt that not that he was good in the role, but that like it, it made he he seemed like a accurate person to who he was supposed to be regardless of how not great a performance he yeah gave. but i don't i don't think the fact that like there should have been i felt like he should have been i see where you're i see what you're saying but i i still feel like there needed to be some energy within the performance to yeah. i mean he's a magician for crying out loud he's a guy who puts on a show for a living yeah i feel like he needs to have that kind of showmanship and i didn't get that feeling at all like I, um, I guess what I'm trying to say though is that like, if somebody like like you you said we needed a guy that we could try to root for, and I think that in like kind of in the context we're not supposed to root for him until like the very very end of the film. Like yeah, but he, we needed like a guy who at least had some screen presence to yeah. get us through the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah. no one else was bringing any sort of energy or anything to it. Like Mila Kunis and Rachel Weisz. They, they could be good in in other movies, but here I just felt like they were so miscast in the fact that I didn't find them to be all that threatening. And I, I don't know, it just everything about the way their performances were was just very stilted. And uh, I mean, that's probably not an attribute to them because the script was very dull yeah, and yeah. it was very, very generic. Like, I mean, this is another movie that favors uh, spectacle over story. And the story is like something so bland that we've seen so many times before that it's just like, you know, you're going to spend all this money on the effects and whatnot. Like you can't put some effort into creating like a, a decent story like that we actually care about. You know, it's just like. I don't know. That's what that's what really is at the heart of it as to why this doesn't work. I think is that it's so so dull. Yeah. Um, and then you know everything else comes after that. 
but you know, I, I don't think it's a spoiler, especially since it's been noted in several other places that Mila Kunis is the Wicked Witch. I mean, her and Rachel Weisz are kind of in on it together. Um, And I think her transformation to, like, the kind of famed, uh, you know, how the Wicked Witch is perceived in The Wizard of Oz, I just didn't – I just thought it was, like, so just kind of – it just didn't feel right at all. Like, I just – it seemed really, like, over the top and – I don't know. It was just like, it, it almost was embarrassing somewhat. It was pushing it because it just didn't feel like, like, I, I, I don't want to say like it, it didn't feel like she was, she wasn't trying, but it just really felt like she was straining Yeah, to I be mean, like, look at me, I'm wicked. Like it just, uh, and the fact that the other fact is, or the other thing that really kind of makes this prequel just completely, uh, even more redundant is um, it's a Disney movie. Like the wizard of Oz is a Warner brothers movie. So they own the creative rights and all the like looks and certain things to the characters. So Disney couldn't even use like, you know, like uh, sort of memorable objects from wizard of Oz, like the, like Dorothy's red shoes like they couldn't I, I was reading like they couldn't even use like the shade of green for the wicked witch. They couldn't even use that color green. They had to come up with like a different shade and they couldn't use like her her wart. Like Warner Brothers owns a wart. <laughs> That's a little for weird. the wicked witch. Cuz I it, because like during the movie I was kind of thinking like, well this is kind of lame that they they're trying to like, you know, They've got Mila Kunis in this witch makeup, but they're it almost feels like they're trying to make her like GQ sexy witch where she doesn't look that ugly, you know? Um I, but I then guess. I found and, <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I, I said I guess. I I don't know. That's just kind of how it came off to me. And um then I read that thing where it's like they couldn't even use like the warts, so I was just like, oh, I guess they couldn't, but but doesn't that just seem so like it's like why like it's not even officially sanctioned prequel, so that just is kind of ridiculous to me. And also the fact that like, yeah, the the world that's created it's very it's very nice to look at. It's very bright and colorful uh, for sure. But it's also like <laughs> by the time you know Michelle Williams is like standing in front of a fake forest with fake fog around her rolling over fake hills, you know, going to a fake castle while these fake monkeys fly at her. It's just like, wow, I am just, I just, uh, I'm done. Like, this is, this is so silly. Like, and what's even worse is the fact that, you know, Franco, he's not a wizard, but he can, you know, build things and pretend like he is. And then, you know, kind of like a big plot point at the end is that he's like, hey guys, we're going to fight back, but you know what? We're going to do it with, with uh with magic and practical effects it's like you know being like all trying to spearhead and like you know go ahead with the stuff it's like it's just ironic that the whole movie is just fake <laughs> there's nothing practical or anything about you know the the wiz the technical wizardry in the movie is like not uh it's not anything that's uh convincing yeah um so well, yeah. I, I will, I will to to give it at least some credit. 
it has more quote-unquote practical stuff than um alice in wonderland did <laughs> that's true yeah but it's uh it, it just uh it didn't blend very well like there's a lot of where like it, and it also made me sad too because there's just like well you can see them trying to like do a combination but then i was just like why just you know you're gonna have like this huge ass budget movie just go all in like just build a damn studio like with or build a you know a huge soundstage and just do it all for real like and then you don't have these like you know you know i don't know well clearly the, the direction they were going for is that oz is so fantastical that it can't exist in a realistic look at all i think it's supposed to be hyper real everything's supposed to be like yeah but they could have just used the the oz from you know i would have been fine if they just had used like the oz sets from the original like just have like painted backdrops if they they can't use the warts no no no, i'm not i'm not saying like use the same ones but like the same technique where it's like they're just in a soundstage and like the backgrounds are just painted backgrounds like old school style movies like I'd be much, ra- I'd much rather see that than like these fake ass like James Franco in a waterfall with these fake ass flowers and shit. Yeah. Like stuff like that. I mean, yeah, they're they're trying to go for the fact that like it it is this so fantastical place, but the fact that you know it isn't it isn't like a movie uh, like Speed Racer where it is like really bright and colorful in that movie, but that movie is so like hyper stylized in its uh, execution that it works like that and something like scott pilgrim i think that are movies that you know they are supposed to be almost like a live action cartoon and they are filmed in that stylized manner um so it completely works like it i i buy into that uh oz is just a bunch of you know style you know it's it's all substance without the style i guess or you know it's just it's just there. It's the like, oh, we got the we've got the bright colors and everything, but there really doesn't seem to be much of a reason other than like we can, we have the technology, so let's do it. I don't know. Well, either, either way, I think uh, spending ten minutes talking about their use of CG is just giving this film way more time than it deserves to have, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather have seen it made in the eighties, where it would have been like a legit production. Well, like like I said, the uh, the the real versus practical is is so above and beyond the like the problems with the rest of this film in general that like I don't even care about that. Like they can do whatever that they want with their with their crappy effects um, because the film couldn't survive even if they even if they solved all those complaints for you. We wouldn't have had a good film here. Because oh, yeah. No, I mean, even if just... this movie was 100% practical, there's still going to be, like, the dullest story around. Yeah, I mean, there's just really... Deal with. There's, there's nothing compelling at all about this film from any standpoint at all. Like, just... just I, I went and saw this with my family, and, uh, you know, as 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 things tend to happen when you try to get a large people to do anything uh, cohesively together, um, we showed up like pretty close to when the movie was going to start. So we had to sit like in the front, the front section, like not, uh, the, not the front row, but like the back of the front section of the theater. Um, yeah. So to, to, this is a fully packed house, right? But we're sitting all the way to the front 
And I have never seen so many sleeping people in a movie than I had <laughs> in this film. And like I said, we were sitting all the way in the front. Um, the woman who was sitting next to me kept like tossing and turning side to side like as she slept. I was starting to doze off during at least a part of it. My mom fell asleep. Um, there are some people in a little, a few rows in front of us that fell asleep. Um, it's just, it's really, really boring. And, and it, I mean... Like, and it's long. It's like two hours and ten minutes. But it, but it's not even like you know some of the films that uh, that we've seen that were like man this either felt long or it was long. There's a lot of stuff that happens. Um, you know, right. like th- there's there's things that whether or not the choice was good, the, the content dictated that it needed to be that long because it's hard to fit all that in. There's not really a lot of stuff that that happens in this film. Like <laughs> no, all, nothing happens. From from scene to scene, we're being introduced to characters that literally do not matter to the plot as a whole, but we have to take 10 minutes to establish who they are and how they relate to our main oh, character. Like when they like when they uh meet China girl. Yeah, dude, when well, like when they meet China girl, which by the way, that's the part that I started to doze off on. Um like it, <laughs> it's it's literally just like there's there's no reason to have that character in this film. No, and it goes on for so damn long. Yeah, and and then like she she is literally there so that throughout the rest of the film, James Franco can keep yelling, "What happened to Little China Girl?" Like that. Like I. Well, I, I think the the main reason she's there, obviously, is um, well, I because I I looked up after the fact, but she's voiced by the girl who played the little girl in the wheelchair. When he was in Kansas, so so yeah. it's so so it's there's supposed to be the connection that like you know James Franco helps China Girl with her legs, you know what he couldn't do to the real girl back in Kansas, just like how Zach Braff is his assistant in the real world, and then he's the voice of the monkey who's yeah. also his assistant in Oz. So basically, the creators of this film really, really, really liked Cloud Atlas. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's what they did in Wizard of Oz, too, where, like, the, you know, characters from her real life also played the characters in Oz. I mean, I get what they were going for. They were trying to do a little homage to that, but it was, like, again... It, it was so deathly serious and the fact that it's like, why do we even need to have this, this little girl in the beginning, you know, that says like, Oh, heal me, heal me. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I was just I, like, I will say I, I busted up laughing when she's like, make me walk. Yeah. I, it was just like, so like, was this like a lifetime movie? Like what the hell? Like, why does this need to be here? Yeah. I, other than to establish the fact that like, yes, James Franco is not a real magician. <laughs> Yeah, he does not actually conjure magic. Like I think we knew that from the start, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. Like I-, I will give them credit. the the uh, The CGI on China Girl is is pretty awesome. Like I, that was probably the best effect in the whole movie. But the fact that her character is so useless and she's pretty annoying. Yeah, I'll throw that out there. But yeah, she's just a very unnecessary character. I think, and. Uh, you know, like you said, there are a lot of unnecessary diversions in this movie. And, uh, you know, I was going to ask you because I, I knew you you said you were going to take your uh, your sisters to see the movie. And I know that one of your sister sisters is pretty young. So I was going to ask if, like, she actually enjoyed it because I was watching the film and thinking, like, man, like, I don't see how kids could be entertained by this, you know, I, well, even with all the bright colors and stuff. Like, there's it's not funny. It's not uh you know engaging in any way like the 
there was a, a dad who brought his two kids and they sat in front of us uh, when I saw it. And the, and the girl like clearly was excited to see the movie because like she just seemed like she liked movies of that nature because yeah. she was she came in wearing like a tangled backpack and stuff. So clearly she was all about like fantasy and stuff. And she was like, like halfway through the movie, she was conked out. Like she was like completely not given an F about this movie. Yeah. Well, like this, this isn't to, to, to speak towards uh, my sister's reactions, um, but to the audience as a whole, like my audience was eating this movie up. Like everybody who wasn't asleep was like laughing and, and hmm. like, totally on board with like James Franco's like one-liners and stuff like that. Like when he would do something just like, he, 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 like people for some reason you were either completely asleep or you liked the movie. And I don't so weird. Yeah. I, I couldn't get it. Um, but, Cause I feel like the, the demo for this movie is like young girls. I feel like in, and if though, and if your target demo is, you know, not paying attention, then something's wrong. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. It's, I don't know, man. It's, I don't know. I just think as a whole, this, this, you know, th- there are some things, there are some prequels and stuff that, that we've seen over, you know, the course of doing this podcast where, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, that was an unnecessary prequel or that, that film was unnecessary. I think this is probably the most unnecessary of all of them. Like there, there is, there's not really anything... Like nothing, like like to go literally. We get an establishment that Franco is this crappy magician, and he's in black and white, and then he moves to color, and he meets one witch who takes him to see another witch, who tells him to go see this other witch, who <laughs> tells him to go stop the witches that he's already talked to, and then the <laughs> who movie tells ends. him, "Hey, I'm actually the good witch. Yeah. That other witch is lying." <laughs> And, and and then then they go okay cool storm the castle and then they storm the castle and it and it takes forever yeah like there's like this scene is literally a series of go here get then here then here it's like go meet a new character 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 and nowhere yeah. like and then go meet some new characters that you don't need to meet yeah and it's like they're, they're obviously like there once we once we are told of the prophecy of the wizard who will defeat the witches, there is literally not a single ounce of story added after that point. And that point happens like 30 minutes into this like two hour movie. What, what, yeah. Yeah. What is the runtime on this thing? Two hours and 10 minutes. Yeah. So we, we are given by the story as much plot as we will have for the rest of the film 30 minutes into this. And then, yeah. then after that point, it's just, I mean, I, I do like what they did with, um, you know, how the plan unfolds at the end. Like, I thought that was interesting enough. Um, uh, yeah, the, but by then I was already like, can this please be over? Yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the, the little payoff at the end was, was, was kind of fun. And that, but, like, that's literally the, the only, in, like, semi-enjoyable part of the film. And, and, you know, like you said about uh, this being very unnecessary prequel, uh, it also, the fact that, like, there are some things in this, in the movie that set up to where you're like, okay, we saw how this happens um, for, for events that happened in The Wizard of Oz. But honestly, like, 
aside from maybe one thing, there really isn't anything that, I don't know, maybe a couple things in terms of like how much you care about how uh, all these things happen or come together. But this is almost like a prequel to the prequel because a lot of the things that happen in it don't, you know, where this movie ends is not where the Wizard of Oz picks up. Yeah. So, and <laughs> they've already, uh, you know, I read that, that Disney already announced that they want to make an Oz sequel. So it's almost like they, they're trying to milk like something that doesn't need to be milked, you know, for all that it's worth. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's, that's what makes it even more unnecessary is that we're not even to the point where the Wizard of Oz would pick up. And the fact that, like, they can't even use a lot of the stuff from Wizard of Oz is just, again, it's like, it's not even, like, an officially sanctioned thing, so why bother? Well, it'll be interesting, though, if they do make a sequel to the prequel, because yeah, I, I think the turnout for that second film will prove the quality of the first film. Because, like, everybody is going to see this film this weekend because it's, you know, a big anticipated film, whatever, for people who are familiar with the source material and, like... People who are, are seeing it not on the this film's merits, but on the merits of the idea of what this film could be. And yeah. if they make a sequel to it and the sequel does like really poorly, then it'll prove that, yeah, everybody went and saw Oz the Great and Powerful, but they didn't enjoy it. They just yeah. saw it and it was too late at that point to take back the fact, the number value of them having seen it. Right, exactly. Because this, this is not a movie that will go down as a as a classic like Wizard of Oz has. I mean, there's no reason for you to go see this movie um, and not just stay home and rewatch Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say something about how, uh, yeah, I just, I, I was going to mention before how I was slightly on board in the beginning, like during the black and white sequences. Um, and I was, you know, I, I will say I was, I really wanted to like the movie. Like I really was trying hard to get into the story and everything, but it just kept pushing me out and uh, I kept waiting for it to pick up and it never did. And it just, it, you know, after a while I was just like, I can't, I'm just, I can't try anymore. Like it was just resisting the whole time. The movie was just like, you know, tell, you know, pulling me out and uh, yeah, it's again, not good. Yeah, as I said, the only the only moment it literally picked up for me was right at the end in the climactic uh, scene. <laughs> Where you're like, finally something happened. Yeah, I'm like, when are they going to flip that switch they keep talking about? Okay, now it's going, oh, that's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> but, but When is he going to be a magician? When are yeah. these guys going to be a magician? Yeah, when is this Oz going to become great and powerful? <laughs> Come on, Oz. Ugh. All right, well... Um, what do you say we just end this review? Um, oh. Let's get to our verdicts, Carson. If you're going to give this a must-see, recommend with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? This is considering the budget of $315 million or whatever. This is, this is the epitome of an epic fail. Uh, must avoid all the way. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's must avoid the great and powerful. It's 
<laughs> it, this film, you should avoid like this. Oz, Oz with a bunch of Z's, because you're you'll be Zian when you see it. Yeah, you should you should avoid this film like you should avoid weird flying monkeys that are dangerous. Uh, there, there, there's literally not anything worth seeing in this film. Um, so, yeah, I, I, yeah. I must avoid. That's it. Then plain and simple. Don't see this, guys. Uh, did you watch it in 3D? I did not watch it in 3D. Oh, okay. I didn't either. So, so we we have no input on that. But I can't imagine. No. Well, that. I know you have a penchant for watching things in 3D. So I didn't know if you're gonna see this one in 3D. Yeah, it it, it was. I don't know if they shot it in 3D or not. I don't think they did. I don't know. I don't think they did, but even if they didn't, if 90% of your world is CG, then the 3D is technically true 3D. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. But, I mean, I just didn't... I had no uh, desire to see it in 3D, so... Yeah. It and was... uh, I'm glad I didn't, because I'm sure it just would have made... I really... I, the muddled imagery probably would have made me even more sleepy. Yeah, well, well the... Uh, the the 3D showings were only like four times during the day, and then the non-3D were like every hour for the entire day. So it was oh, like, yeah. it's like, well, I guess we're seeing the non-3D version. They're they're finally people are finally you know making it known that they would rather just see the movie in 2D. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that will be the end of our review of Oz: The Great and Powerful. Uh, Carson, if people want to find it throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Cool. And people can find me over at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show, including our review of Dead Man Down. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter to figure out when these episodes go live at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Oz the Great and Powerful, so hopefully you're enjoying that right now. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some more things coming out this year that will actually be interesting. Got a couple of big films coming up pretty soon that uh, hopefully don't disappoint. So, mm, yes. Ho- ho- hopefully we'll you're, be able to see I know you're talking about Burt Wonderstone. Oh, dude, you know I am. I'm holding, <laughs> Obviously. I'm holding my pee for that movie. <laughs> but, uh, uh. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Carson. Yep, thank you for having me again. And thank you guys all for listening. We will catch you later.